Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. Man, you can tell it's springtime. Eh? There's nobody here. <laughs> no. Have you ever been lost? I mean, like, you're on a road trip going somewhere to a place that you may have a vague idea of how to get there. Like your cousin's brother's sister's nephew wrote the directions on a piece of paper and you... Don't know exactly where you put that. <laughs> Sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? Or maybe it's just me. <clears throat> this day and age, it's hard to imagine getting lost going somewhere. We have cell phones with built-in GPS. Even our cars today have built-in GPS. I bet the Israelites could have used this. <laughs> It would have shortened the trip a little bit. It would have went like this. Boo! Start going east for about 250 miles until you get to Mount Hor. Then take a slight left towards Jericho. Boo! You have arrived at your destination. <laughs> but we need to realize that we all have complications on our travels. I certainly do. <clears throat> Even God's people had complications, obstacles, and confrontations. Our journeys, and on our journeys, we have similar complications. We have setbacks, and in turn, we meet complicated people. How do we react when we're thrown for a loop? How would the church act when the journey is interrupted when we are faced with an obstacle and opposition and I'm talking about the church worldwide what kind of directions are we getting and who are we getting them from what map are we using in the past we've discussed the importance of being a biblical church the church of Acts in my opinion, is a tremendous roadmap for us to examine, to follow. When it comes to following Christ, there's really not much, no more perfect example. The book of Acts really is a mirror to us to see how we measure up. Consider the differences of the church then and the church now. 2,000 years has brought... Has brought lots of challenges to the church but Christ is still the same Hebrews 13.8 Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever Amen? Amen If I could I want to compare the and contrast then and now a little bit at least how some see it In Acts the church is completely selfless now, completely selfish. Well, in Acts, they have a strong outward focus. 
Now, I consider it a little weak. In Acts, there's an undeniable presence of God. Now, we're asking God to be present. In Acts, the power of God was the norm. Now, we consider the power of God being rare. For us here, we must take the reins and change this. So today's challenge for the church is to answer one question. What does a biblical church look like? Let's pray. Father, Lord, thank you for, again, just bringing us together on this glorious day. Thank you so much for what you have done in the, in the light of what we have done. Lord, Father, thank you for being with us. We ask that you continue to supply your Holy Spirit and for the guidance that we so desperately need, how to follow and to maintain the course that you have set. Lord, thank you so much again, so very much for what you provide again in each and every day that we, we have. And we ask, Lord, that you be with us until the very end. And after that, Lord, we know that you will reign. And it's in this hope that we have. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we're going to be looking at Acts 13, starting with verse 1. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius, and Cyrene. Of Cyrene, sorry. Manaen, who had been brought up with, the, with Herod the Tetrarch. In Roman, in Roman Empire, the governor of one of four divisions of a country or providence, that's what a tetrarch is, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they have feasted or fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. A biblical church practices spiritual discipline. Spiritual discipline or disciplines are actions that we do for cultivating our relationship. Looking at Acts 13, we see that the early church was strong in this. The early church practiced at least three different disciplines. First, they lived the Word of God. The church was dedicated to practicing what they had been taught. Acts 2.42 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. This practice allowed them to continue to be trained and grow in God. If we are being taught and we meet someone who has not, we must be ready to fellowship and talk about the Lord, but also fellowship with those who have. As then, it's the same application for us today. We must join together to study, then to teach. Galatians 6.6 6. Let the one who has taught the word share all good things with him who teaches. 
they were worshipers as well. In verse 2 it says, while they were worshiping the Lord. They spent time in church. Worshiping only God. Devotion was critical. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Thirdly, they desired to experience God in their lives. They were fasting. If we were to see the power of God in our lives, we've got to return to Him. Joel 2, verses 12 and 13. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. For He is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and He relents from sending calamity. There's no other source of power that we need more than God's. If we live spiritual if we live spiritual disciplines, we will fulfill our mission. To some, even this is unusual. How does fasting help me spread the word? How does this prepare me for evangelism? It's by experiencing God's provision and desire for ourselves. To trust Him and not rely on ourself. It helps prepare your mind. A biblical church fulfills its mission. As a church, our ongoing mission is to do one thing. Share the gospel, right? Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. The early church understood and practiced this repeatedly. The story we're examining today is Paul's first missionary trip. He and Barnabas were called by God and set out by the church. Because of their obedience, the gospel spread to Cyprus and beyond. As we grow, our ties to the church at Antioch must be clear. Until now, Jerusalem had been the center of ministry, and Peter had been the key apostle. But from this point on, Antioch in in Syria would become the new center and Paul, the new leader. Our biblical mission is directed by the Holy Spirit. God directs us to go and bring people to Christ. But it's not about the numbers. The focus of ours today must be to connect people with Jesus. We have been sent on this mission by God. We must be willing to admit that this mission is not ours, 
It's God's. This is also unusual to people. How is it not our mission? Some would argue. Jesus said in John 12, verse 32, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Huh. Jesus is lifted up and he does the drawing. So, we must lift him up and allow him to do his work. We need to stop taking credit for what Jesus does. Sharing the gospel is critical, but we're also to bring others to fellowship. So now they're heading off into Seleucia and from there to Cyprus. Verse 5 says, When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. They traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul Sergius Paulus. The proconsul and an intelligent man sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. We are here to bring people into the fold. God loves his entire creation. The Bible is clear that others need to hear, see, and experience God. Experience Christ. I like to remind ourselves what we had said since our pastor Chuck had to yield the call to reluctantly move to Atlanta. Our church is held to the phrase, greater things are yet to come. Personally, I think it's a great verse. Because we don't consider what God has in store for us. For him and his family, it's there. For us today, it's right here. But tomorrow, it could be somewhere else. John 1.50 says, Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. So what does that mean? How do we do that? How do we share with others? How do we reach? I'd like to recommend a new purpose for us to pray about. Connecting people to Jesus and to each other. As a church, we are to draw people to Jesus and as well as each other. Fellowshipping and walking together is critical for us. We can't do life alone. This is what the early church is doing here in Acts 13. They're reaching. They're sending them out. They're going to go find people who want to hear and need to hear. Even in the face of opposition, the church continues to grow. Verse 8. But Elymas, the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, 
looked intently at Elymas and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Man. A biblical church is faithful in spite of opposition. I'd like, to, I'd like for us to see how Saul, Paul faced the opposition. He stood firm. We have seen this before. Church growth brings opposition. Satan is never happy with that. Saul faced opposition with courage. 1 John 4, 4. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in, who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Courage comes from God because we know he's the one in control of all of this. Saul also faced opposition with conviction. Are you convinced of what God has called you to do? Do you live it? Each of us, I believe, is given at least one gift for the kingdom. Do we use it? Do we even know what it is? This is the challenge that we find ourselves today. How does God need to use us? Paul also faced opposition with confidence. He knew that God would deliver. Verse 11. Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind for a time, not even able to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. I would be. Paul recognized that Elymas was a child of the devil. And he inflicted blindness on the false prophet as a judgment from God. This was also, of course, evident to Sergius Paulus that Paul and Barnabas were servants of the true God and preached the true message of salvation. The Roman official believed so much he was saved. Now this is for sure an unusual way to gain believers. But the battle is always God's no matter what we face. It's his battle today and tomorrow and forever. We are merely called to be obedient and to be his servants in this conflict. The first church during the first outreach demonstrated three key things. They practiced spiritual disciplines. They fulfilled their mission. They were faithful in opposition. Here at Silver Lake, we are, are we living 
to the same standard. We must identify ourselves with the church of Antioch. We must have a clear purpose and do whatever it takes to serve Christ. With God's leadership, though. Not on our own accord. Our new purpose will be connecting people with Jesus and each other. Even if it is a little unusual. Now, I'm not saying go and sell, tell somebody to go be blind for a little bit because they don't know anything. <laughs> I'm saying you are on life's journey. You are going on a trip. It reminds me of a trip that uh, we were on. We were camping, trying to have fun, but my truck was having some problems. And, of course, naturally trying to have fun and relax. Couldn't do that. Tried to fix my truck and finally figured out that was probably a spark plug or two. So I was facing opposition. I was angry. We didn't have an idea how to fix this easily because naturally I didn't have the tools to do so. But with my wife's great memory, she was able to remember uh, our friend's phone number and knew that her, her uh, uh, father and mother-in-law lived in Spokane area. And of course, naturally, this guy has every tool under the sun, one of the biggest shops you've seen. So after packing everything up, got our trailer on and truck puttering along to finally get there, we were camping north of Spokane up in a little, little lake um, called, actually, Little Diamond um, Lake. And anyway, they, uh, they, it was probably about 45 minutes or so north. That 45 minutes took probably about an hour, an hour and a half because of the way the truck was running. But I had my GPS. It told me how to get to our friend's um, parents' house. I'm following it along. And it's telling me to go down this path and turn here and do this. I knew where we had to go, but it led me on this, what I would consider more than just a goat path, <laughs> down this mountain, pulling this trailer and everything that we had in it, bouncing along, doing the things. But it got me there. And we got to the destination and was able to relax a little bit had all the tools at our disposal, but we still couldn't get to those la that very last spark plug in the very back of the truck where you have to take about 20 things off to get to. So with changing at least one spark plug, that was bad, we were able to at least get something done. In the meantime, my family was able to fellowship with other Christians and to talk to and enjoy what God had given them. I wasn't so much enjoying it. But it still was necessary. It needs something to, to help you grow. Did I grow? Yeah, I learned things. I learned how to deal with adversity and not get all bent out of shape. It was a little bent, but not too bad. My wife would probably differ a little bit. But in that sense, we were able to still make it home. Get back home. And the more I reflect on this story, the more I think about growth in opposition. Growth with a, a difficulty. But also how to deal with others around you. 
Some may be oblivious to what's going on. Some know exactly what your story is. Some have lived your story. But that's what the fellowship's about. That's what the time together is about. And that's what, how we're learning something, but we're also teaching the teachers something. We're also teaching each other, as Christians, how to be with one another and how to help each other. And that's why, again, I say we need to identify with the Church of Antioch because it was a good example in how we should conduct ourselves as Christians. But in doing so, we need to practice disciplines. That's why we do things like the communion. We need to try to fulfill our mission. We may not even know what that is but we know who does. And always be faithful because we are going to have opposition. Again, even if it seems a little unusual. Let's pray. Lord, Father, thank you for again this time together. Thank you for allowing us to dwell into your word and to get a little more understanding of what you have prepared for us and what as have you what you lead us to lord thank you so much for today and we ask that you be with us for the rest of this afternoon as we continue on with our day but also lord for the rest of this week that we can be together christian or non to at least have a sense of who we are together and lord thank you so much for those opportunities that we have to witness to one another and to live for you always in jesus name amen amen Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.